0: They are just rough drafts, a glimpse of what is to come because God is still at work, writing plot twists, introducing new characters, and bringing good even from the most challenging circumstances. Join us as we see what God is up to in our stories. Here's your host, Matthew Hyatt. You know how
1: sometimes you don't actually have any clue what you're going to do? This is one of those times really excited about today's uh, conversation. It is with someone who has moved here not that long ago with uh, some family and friends. Um, She has a beautiful family and I know almost nothing about her. So (laughs) we're all going to learn together. You know, the thing is when uh, people start coming to church, like it takes time to get to know everybody. People find kind of their place. Um, And this is kind of fun because we get to have the get to know you conversation recorded for other people to listen to. (laughs) So if we hate each other, this might be the best episode <laughs> we have ever, ever had. Today, I, let me introduce you to my new friend, Brittany Andrew. Brittany, welcome. Thanks. You're here? I'm here. I'm here? We're all here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's microphones in our faces, <laughs> and you look like you regret your life choices. A little
2: bit, a okay. little bit, yeah.
1: Well, that's okay. Where did you come from, and how did you get here? <laughs> But well, I know you had a mommy <laughs> and daddy who loved each other very much. I don't know. Oh, you don't want me to stuff. go down that road? Well, route? you can. Uh, mm. Draw a diagram, maybe. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, Ah. Oh, well, I was born and raised in Auburn, California. Okay. Um, and I honestly never thought I'd leave. Yeah. Like I was if you'd asked me three years ago even, I would have said there's no way I'm leaving here. Um, this is where my home is, this is where my family is, this is where I mean, I have friends that I've known I think the first friend I remember making was my best friend, and we met each other uh, at, I think, four. I looked out my window in our apartment across the alley behind us, and she was playing, and it looked like fun. So I hollered out and asked if I could join. Um, But so everything was there, and I didn't see any reason to leave. Yeah. And then um, things really started to change. Like... Just policies and, um, just the feel, I guess. Um, and you know, we had kids and I wanted to do homeschool and there was some, a little bit of a, a scare where they were talking about maybe making it so we couldn't homeschool and just felt like we were kind of getting backed in a corner. Um, and then there's the financial aspect, um, we were living in a a three bedroom like cottage type thing um not the best place ever and uh we got to a point where we weren't we weren't going to be able to afford rent anymore yeah and um when we we were living in such a place that when we looked to downsize even rent for downsizing was higher yeah so we didn't have anywhere to go um and Ryan and I did FPU when we first got together.
1: Financial Peace.
2: Yeah, Financial Peace University with Ramsey. And um, he just, God put it on his heart, like, this is a good company. Yeah. So he said, I'm going to try to see if I can get in over there. And we, I was pregnant with Astrid at the time. And so we had talked about, like, you know, maybe when the baby's six months, we'll look at moving. Yeah. And he said, well, the process takes a long time, so I'm going to start now. And he did. And we ended up moving when Astrid was three months old. Oh, so it was very fast-tracked and kind of crazy. Um, but it's been amazing. And he has a really good job. The company is awesome. Yeah. They really prioritize family, and they take care of us. Okay. Um, and we found you guys, yeah. this amazing church. And... Um, the girls found this awesome group of kids to be in with. Your um
1: are always in the thick of it. It's like <laughs> just so much fun to watch.
2: They are. In California, the church we were going to, Ember was one of the only kids. So she, until we got here, she never had that um, like little gang that she could hang out with. Yeah, yeah. But, the
1: posse running Yeah, in trouble. It's great. Yeah. That's so cool. That is so cool. I guess I kind of just skipped straight into one question. I didn't ask what I was. <laughs> That's but, okay. But, you know, hey, uh, we're making this up as <laughs> we go.
2: How long have y'all been here now? Um. Oh, gosh. Almost two years. Okay. Yeah.
1: Have... Sweet. I was close to right.
2: Yeah. You
1: know? I, I was thinking a couple of years. Yeah. That's a big move to go across the country. And, like, right now, y'all are almost a cliche here. The California people who <laughs> fled California and ended up in Tennessee. Yeah.
2: Um, and,
1: and, you know, I'm honestly, a little bit embarrassed of Tennessee lately because there's been so many jokes and some of the jokes are okay, but there has been a little bit of hate sometimes towards those people who are moving in and making our houses more expensive. You know, have you heard any of that
2: stuff? Yeah, I have. And I don't take it personally because I get where it's coming from. Yeah. Like, yeah, if everyone fled California for the financial reasons alone, Mm -hmm. they're going to really change how it is out here and- that's scary. I get that. I don't want that. That's why I left California. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've even seen those pictures where it's like a map of Kentucky and it says, welcome to Tennessee for California people. It's <laughs> stuff like that. And uh, I mean, the one legitimate complaint I think we have is traffic really has gotten worse. And, and that that's clearly all your fault.
2: Uh, obviously.
1: I mean... Yours personally. Like not anyone else. It's clogging up the road. Yours. The only good thing about COVID was it was so much fun to drive in Nashville <laughs> with no one on the road to give. Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> Uh, Oh, but it's, you know, it is hard for people when their communities change. And you experienced that in California as things kind of got stricter and weirder. And, you know, for people here, um, it's weird to me. The neighborhood I grew up in was was a nice neighborhood, but houses are getting knocked down and mansions are getting built back. And it's just weird. Yeah. Uh, Anywho. Okay, let's go back.
2: (laughs) So what's your God story? What's (laughs) my God story? Oh, man. I mm, I guess it starts with my parents. Okay. I mean, um, I come from a really great family. And um, my parents are Christians. So I was raised in the church. Um, yeah, I mean.
1: But church in the Bible Belt versus church not in the Bible Belt.
2: It's different. Um,
1: There's some pros and cons, really.
2: Yeah. I actually feel like the church that we were at is not all that far off yeah um i was blessed to be in an amazing youth group yeah we did all kinds of stuff we did mission trips we did uh during the summer we would take a week or two and we would do uh work where we would just go out we'd pick a neighborhood and we'd go out and door knock and say hey can we clean your yard can we is there anything you need help with yeah and um we got a lot of really cool responses from that yeah. people just being like, You You want to do what? Your group of teenagers out here are going to do work for free. Yeah. Like you Is this community service? <laughs> yeah, you know. Why are you doing this? <laughs> are you like, and you know. we just we're gonna help. Yeah. And that's it.
1: You know, I think um traditionally churches outside of the Bible belt have been a lot smaller. Yeah. Um, but it seems to me that they have generally been more mission focused and big picture healthier. Because in, in Dixon County, there were 33 Churches of Christ. And it was kind of like each one was, well, I didn't like this thing, so I started this one. And I didn't like this thing. So, I you know, like there's, there's so much more politics to church than in the Bible Belt. It's just a different world, I think, when you cross the Mississippi in particular. But parents were good. Church was good.
2: Yeah. Um, we actually, when I was probably 10, we'd been going to one church since I was born. Um, when I was about 10, they actually split. Um, and, you know, that's always messy. Yeah. And so we um, picked up and we went, started going to church a town over. So we drove 30 minutes to go to church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a really hard time with that because, again, I'm not a person that likes change yeah. at all. And I was like, these are friends that I've seen every Sunday for 10 years. <laughs> and they're taking me away from them. Yeah. Um, and so there was some resentment, I think. But um, there was a really cool youth group there that was older than me. Like, I had a youth group to look at and go, "Ooh, I'm going to grow into that. Um, people like Phil. And um, that group actually sent a good chunk of people to AIM. And they did a lot of mission trips there. Yeah, they were really cool to look up to. Um, And to help me kind of, I think, get settled in, um, my dad really committed to like, okay, we're going to get her plugged in. She's not going to hate this. (laughs) (laughs) And so he, um, once I got a little bit older, he took me every Friday. We went to game night with the youth group. Um, We drove the 30 minutes in the dark to go hang out and play games with a bunch of teenagers. Um, And my dad... It's not like he dropped me off like he stayed and he did it with me um and we were there every sunday we were there on Wednesday. It's like we just we were at all the things yeah um so we spent every friday hanging out with the youth group playing magic and um getting plugged in and then i was i was in the youth group i was the one going out we were doing the work tricks and yeah. stuff like that um yeah, so, and that's kind of always been, like we were talking about earlier, I don't have a doom and gloom story. Yeah. Okay. My, my story's the, I don't know, God's always been there, and that's been enough.
1: You know, several episodes ago, uh, Caleb Sams, in our conversation, just used this term that I really liked. You know, sometimes you hear people talk about generational curses, you know, like, or generational trauma. You know, mom and dad make bad decisions, meant life is hard for for son and daughter and grandson and granddaughter but Caleb described himself as the beneficiary of generational faithfulness yeah that's cool I really like that he said mm-hmm. my story is a little bit more boring in some ways but on the other hand it's really cool because what teenager goes and knocks on the door and says can I wreck your loose <laughs> like and the memories you made doing that stuff yeah are huge you know the mission trips you took that's really cool and I think sometimes, I don't know, We have, I heard what another person said, sometimes we have God story envy, you know, like we want to be <laughs> like the the crack addict who got saved, you know, but that's not how it works for most of us. Um, and it's just good to appreciate what you have and how you got there. Yeah. And here you guys are trying to figure out how to continue that cycle.
2: Yeah. Doing our best.
1: So what's the adjustment been like being here?
2: Mm, um I've had to work to get plugged in again to to try to find and I mean my kids have actually helped a lot with that because they jumped in and they made friends because they're little and that's how they do it. And so
1: through by required to make friends' parents. Yeah,
2: <laughs> kind of, yeah. And luckily they have amazing parents. So it worked out well. But um yeah, and just trying to kind of as part of why I'm here. Trying to stay on top of myself, like not hermit. Yeah. Because um, it's easy to do when you're in a new place. It's easy to just hide.
1: And when y'all first came here, um, you know, y'all were y'all were doing the apartment thing in like Franklin. Yeah. And y'all were driving 30, 40 minutes to come to church. Mm-hmm. You know, but I guess you got used to that in California. Right. Um, but still, that's that's a commitment. Um, in Nashville growing up, we went to a church that was about half an hour away. In hindsight, it's kind of interesting because I know how many churches we passed that were
2: (laughs) to get to that one church.
1: But it was where we were. Right. There's something so important about having your people and kind of kind of getting plugged in. Yeah. How would you say your faith has changed over the years? You know, maybe since you moved or became a mom or you know, because one of the issues when you have generational faithfulness is how does faith become your own instead of just being it's just what we do. Uh, you know, how How do you make sure it's real, not checklist? Right. How do you have authentic
2: faith? Hmm. Uh, I definitely struggled with that when I was younger. Um, and my parents, I feel like, did a really good job setting me up to get over that um, because there were, you know, the sleepovers that I would go to Saturday night. And they, the rule was, we'll be there to pick you up first thing Sunday morning because you have to go to church. Yeah, And um, – they held that rule for a long time. Um, and, of course, I didn't always like it. Yeah, um, I wanted to stay. But then there came a point where I got older, and I think they just decided that I was old enough to make that decision mm-hmm. myself. And so they started to kind of slowly be like, okay, if that's your choice, you don't want to come. You don't have to come. Mm-hmm. We'll get you after. And I only remember doing that a couple times, yeah. and it very quickly was like, no yeah. you can come get me i, I want to go yeah um and part of that was my faith and part of that was that i was plugged into a really cool youth group and my friends were at church so it was kind of a trade-off like i could stay with this friend or i could go see my five other friends the rest of my friends are right closer right yeah um yeah
1: i wish those people could see um I think sometimes people think of the youth groups in church as like baby church or, you know, little church or, you know, kind of a church within a church. Okay. But I really wish sometimes they could see the youth group as a paradigm for adult church because youth groups are really good about the kids doing life together. Yeah. You know, they do service, mm-hmm. they study, they worship, and they play. And a whole lot of people at, at this church and at any church, the extent of their connection to the body is they come And they sit in the room for an hour and then they leave. Yeah. But the youth group stuff—I mean, that was so formative for me. My best friends were youth group friends. My first jobs, all of my jobs, literally every job I've had in my life has been as a result of connections. When I was (laughs) the reason I'm here is a guy I was interning with dated a girl whose uncle was an elder here.
2: (laughs) Wow, that is (laughs)
1: yeah, it's super convoluted, and I can tell you a few more levels of it. It's just insane. what really, really, actually made it happen was I was dating Leslie. She played soccer for Freed Hardeman. Jimmy was dating Kara. She played soccer for Faulkner. We both decided we wanted to get points with our girlfriends, so we came to their soccer games, watched them play each other. Kara's dad was in the soccer game and asked if I was looking for a church job. <laughs> Kara's dad's brother was Jeff Coons. We're sitting here recording this in the building called the Jeff Coons Center, maybe not.
2: Okay, it's
1: just you know. Um, Kids, youth groups, college groups, young adult groups are really good at doing stuff together. And yeah. like I think sometimes sometimes people have even been a little bit judgmental. Well, all they do is you know, they get together and play and watch pizza and we
2: should do more of that.
1: Grown ups need to eat pizza yeah. and play. You know? Uh one of my favorite things that's developed at Burns in the last year. This is gonna sound so stupid. Um, I love the older group having their game days on Thursdays. Yeah. You know, their little potluck and games. Mm-hmm. Man, the these ladies get kind of scary when they get going with bingo. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, uh, Lisa Weston was going to kill me one day when I walked in there. But that's so healthy. That's doing life together. Yeah. And, um, there's just not enough of that.
2: Right. We get very focused on let's sit down. What If we get together, we have to be studying the Bible. Mm-hmm. I think that's a must. Yeah. But, and that's great. Yeah. We should study the Bible.
1: I'm pro Bible study.
2: But that's how you get relationships like this. We don't know each other. We have gone to church together for almost two years. But you don't know my life. I don't know your life. I was in what you say on the no, open. I'm not going to know what it is. Right.
1: You know, because I don't know if this is you BSing me or if this is you telling me the truth.
2: Right. Know, really. We need more of that. You just hang out so that you have an opportunity to get deeper than, how are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? How I'm was good, your week?
1: Fine. You know, Yeah. yeah. See you later. Superficial. We'll do it again next week. After right. you know, same conversation. Yeah. 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 It's just so easy to do, though. Like. Because we don't want to let our guard down. It takes vulnerability. Yep. And that that vulnerability word is the reason this podcast started was how do we create a place where people can share their stuff? Yeah. You know, we're not great at that. No. You know, we jumped <laughs> If someone came forward at church on a Sunday when I was growing up, if it wasn't to be baptized, it was because they got caught doing something bad. Like, oh, you got a DUI. <laughs> You just cheated, you know. <laughs> like, you know, it was, uh, it was always that. I and mean, some of it was our teaching about repentance and public stuff, but that that's an, another conversation from another day, I think. Um, we need more people in our lives who know when it's going off the rails before it
2: yeah. goes off the rails. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, let's fix that. What do you say?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm all in.
1: <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, that's why we do family camp and stuff like that. Yeah, um, that's a lot of work and a lot of people and a lot of money. But the reason is we're trying to trick people into actually
2: spending <laughs> time that's... together.
1: Somebody one time said, "Aren't you people a cult?" And I said, "I wish we were closer to it because they, <laughs> you know in a cult you really are engaged with each other." Uh, the answer I usually give is, "If this were a cult, I would make a lot more money and have a lot more wives." So that's that's <laughs> you know that's the other answer to that question. But uh, you know, it kind of just is what it is. Yeah, you no. Know? Mm-hmm.
2: And it's especially hard here, I think, because it it is a bigger congregation, which is really cool because it shows, you know, God's working here. But at the same time, it's a lot harder to recognize when new people walk in the door or this is a semi-new person, you know, just to step outside. It's really easy to get, like, especially for me, get that focus, like, okay, I need to get the girls up here to the right spot. and we need to get our stuff all settled down. I need to go get my communion, like...
1: It's just easy to get so caught up in doing church, so we forget to be church. Right. It's it's also a little funny to me, and I love your perspective, and I wish we'd have this conversation, Uh, because you talk about us as a big church. Mm-hmm. When I started, 70 was probably an average Sunday, and we were so excited if we made it to 100. <laughs> um, there were weeks, no joke, um, this is not any exaggeration, there was a week where Keith Oliver told me, don't cash your paycheck till i make the deposit or it will bounce um so like i still think of us as small church (laughs) because that's where we were for so long right um and as we've grown over these years i can't tell you how many elders meetings we've had like we don't want to lose that personal connection right and what's really sticky is like we we don't really care about growth for growth's sake. Like nobody's like, We want to be a church of five hundred. Right. I kind of miss being a church of seventy. My job was a whole body. Yeah. But like we believe that people need Jesus and we have something to offer. So we we wanna grow because there's people who who need what we have. Right. Um but we don't want to lose what we are is you know, how do yeah. you not
2: not? Right. You can't you can't keep that same feel yeah. with this many people. It's just the dynamics don't work. Yeah.
1: I can't know every person in no. the church anymore. It's impossible.
2: But I also feel like that's not your job.
1: It's not. And it took me a while to come to terms with that. Yeah. You know, what I want is I want everyone in this church to be known by someone. I don't have to be the someone. Because if I'm the someone, the church is about me. Mm-hmm. And that's the wrong person for the church to <laughs> be found for a variety of reasons. You know, the church needs to be a place that's it's about Jesus, obviously. Right. But, you know, how do you help make sure everyone is known? Uh, that's tricky. Yeah. Even some of our gimmicky stuff, like name tag November. You know, I love just, it. It's <laughs> just kind of, it's goofy, but it's it is that's kind of the point, you know, I, it's okay to not know somebody and to find out who they are. Yeah. You know. So Dixon's treating you okay, because you guys yeah. just moved to Dixon from Franklin, Brentwood ish um, a few months ago, correct?
2: Yeah, we moved in July. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, what have the big differences between California and Tennessee been for you? Just in day-to-day life? <laughs> what I don't even know. Uh, did you say Auburn, California? Yeah. Where at north, south, east, west? Where is that? What's it near?
2: It's northern California. It's um north from Sacramento. Oh, very kind of okay. north from Sacramento. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, differences. I you know I have two small children. I don't go out a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest.
1: We still have a Target. <laughs> it's not in Dixon, we don't. But you know.
2: Right. You don't. That is a big adjustment. There's no Target here. There's no Starbucks here. That was an adjustment too.
1: plan's pretty good. I
2: haven't been there yet.
1: Oh, bless you. <laughs> I didn't even like coffee. You may have things I like.
2: I have my espresso machine at home. Okay. Well, so don't. I make my own coffee, but I make my own frou-frou.
1: No, you have your fruit frou jersey down. Pump-free and beer is good. Guys start next door too. We have a couple. I tried
2: them. I didn't like them. Okay. Yeah.
1: They have uh, pinball machines,
2: though. Oh, I didn't actually go. Somebody brought me coffee from there. So.
1: I have been telling people, like, if you're new, Dixon is experiencing what I'm calling the dessert renaissance. (laughs) Because when we moved, it was in this kind of time period where everything dessert-wise had closed. I guess it was because of the recession in 08 or whatever it was. Um, But now... You can go to Xander's Pizza and get ice cream. You can See go yours. to Katie's Ice Cream and get ice cream. <laughs> you can go to the Frosty Jug and get ice cream. You can go to Sweet Teas and White Bluff and get gelato. And best of all, you can go to Lost Delicious, the Mexican <laughs> ice cream place, which if you have not been there, mortgage the house and just <laughs> go because it's, it's proof that God loves us. Oh, it is so good there. Um the first time I went, Dan Calloway took me, and they had an ice cream flavor called horchata. Oh yeah, and it was next to like a like a tequila ice cream or something crazy <laughs> like that. So I just assumed horchata was an adult beverage, <laughs> and I tried the horchata ice cream because Dan told me to, and I said, Dan, I think I'm going to become an alcoholic <laughs> because <laughs> like this stuff was good. It's like um, it's like the icing off of a cinnamon roll.
0: Oh,
1: it would kill Penny, but right? Oh, it's so good, and it's not alcoholic either. So you know, you stop your angry emails, right? Okay, you know, Uh, but it was amazing. There's Dixon has exploded uh, in these last few years, and it's been really cool just to see all the fun community stuff. Um, You know the the parades uh, going on, the tornado relief that we're in the middle of right now. Like, there's just nowhere like this. Where I think we had 25 people show up to work on this house yesterday that's really cool you know what would have taken the family months it's probably getting done in like two days three days and yeah this still not have a long t- way to go after that but what's the saying many hands make light work right you know so any any adjustments besides starbucks and target being a longer
2: drive <laughs> um no just that
1: oh come on you know you've got a joke about a redneck <laughs> <laughs> your... no because I was driving down Highway 70 a few months ago, and I looked over, and there was a car next to me, and there was a monkey in the passenger seat. What? Did you not? I about wrecked because I thought it has to be a dog. So you know, I, I <laughs> like start speeding to get back up next to it, and it was a monkey sitting in the passenger seat, That's and I was awesome. in like a piece of junk car that like half the windows were gone and had trash bags. So how do you afford a monkey? Like <laughs> I don't even know where you go to get one. Like, he- <laughs> was it Yeah. You know? Is this how Ebola starts? I just, I had all sorts of questions and, and absolutely no answers whatsoever. But Dixit is the gift that keeps on giving when it comes to stuff like that, I think. Um, you just never know what you're going to get around here. So the kids are having fun. Are, y- are y'all doing any of the homeschool communities or co ops or are they, they're too little for some of those, aren't they?
2: So technically they're both too little for homeschool. Um, I mean, well, because Ember's only four. Um, we have started homeschool because she's ready for it. She yeah. actually, like, sped through her—I um, started her on kindergarten. Oh, cool. um, just because I was like, I feel like she's ready for this, um, even though she's young. But she's young, so if it doesn't click, we'll drop it, and we'll come back yeah. to it later. She blew through her kindergarten curriculum. Um, we've actually started on her first-grade math book. Oh, cool. Like, yeah, um, but because she's still young— we don't, we haven't done any of like the homeschool cool. groups or anything like that. Yeah.
1: There are a surprising number in this community. There, there are a ton.
2: Yeah. Being plugged in with Amber and Nicole has been really good. I have people to kind of know the lay of the land. I can and ask questions and of and
1: tell you how to, do, how to stuff do it and buy stuff and organize stuff. Yeah. Not jump off a cliff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that turns out to be one of the more important parts, actually. You know? <laughs> Not good for the kids. Well, is there anything else you want to share?
2: Um I could share do you want to know how I met Ryan?
1: I want to know how you met Ryan. <laughs> I have been dying to know.
2: <laughs> That's usually a question people ask pretty early on. Um and it's just it's a funny story. Okay. So it's I will tell you, I think it's better when he tells it. Um, and I will leave pieces of it. Okay. They're his pieces. I'll leave them out. Um, but it has to do with the youth group. Okay. I was dating a guy in the youth group. Okay. And we dated for like four years. Oh, wow. um, but during that time, he came to me before one of the Friday night game nights. And he said, I have a friend. He's supposed to come stay the night. I'm going to come to game night. So he's going to come to game night. And I want you to really try to pull him in. Um, because contrary to how I may seem now, I used to be that person that pulled everybody in and was the extrovert that, yeah.
1: I don't see you as not that person. Really? No.
2: Oh, I very much see myself as more, I don't know, reclusive now, I guess.
1: When you're at that stage with the kids being little, you just don't have energy for people. Yes, so like, true. You can become a functional introvert even. <laughs> you know. And I'm an introvert. People don't believe that, but I, the job requires me to be more extroverted than my soul wants to be. <laughs> uh, so I, I'd, my idea of recharging is sitting by myself reading a book by a creek. Like that is what heaven will be like. Uh, you know, I come home more tired from visiting with 250 people on a Sunday. Than if I spend the day digging a ditch. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. So I, I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you were oh. the one who was going to to lure him in.
2: Yeah. Um. And so I was like, Yeah. Okay. We've got this. We have a fun group. You know, we're gonna play spoons, and it's gonna be. It gets almost violent. It's gonna yeah. be great.
1: Sharpen those spoons.
2: Um. Yeah. And Ryan was very much in that, like, I'm too cool for everything. <laughs> So he literally came in and sat down in the corner and wouldn't move. Boy. And I was like, okay, challenge accepted. And um, I hounded him all night. Come play this game. Come play this game. This is going to be so much fun. He eventually moved out onto the front porch to try to get away from me.
0: Um,
2: And I didn't let it go. Yeah. I went out and I sat next to him. and I was like, hey, how you doing? You know, and I just started up a conversation he didn't want to talk to me, so he came inside and played a game. <laughs> and uh, I won. <laughs> but, and I don't know really what happened after that, but something clicked and we became best friends. Yeah. Um, but I dated, that was not terribly far into my relationship with the other guy. um. So we dated still for another couple of years. Um, and Ryan was just there. And really, the turning point for us was, um, well, for me, was uh, about hmm, a year and a half, two years after I graduated from high school. Um, my grandma was, had a brother that lived just outside of town. And he made a joke about hillbillies and stuff earlier. And I <laughs> was like, oh, um, because he was this... Big old dude um, that didn't have all his teeth, um, didn't have all his hair. He only wore overalls and he had his license taken away years ago um, from too many DUIs. And so he would drive his quad down the hill to get his pack of beer Mm -hmm. and a steak and he'd come back up. And if there was anything outside of that realm that he needed. Yeah my grandma would go up and take him out to get it
1: yeah it sounds
2: well see like <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> so um he his drinking caught up with him and he started having more trouble keeping up with his house and stuff so she started cleaning for him and that was a lot so then she brought me in to start helping with that and he was a person that if you saw him on the street you would be a little bit like, Oh, I'm gonna cross yeah, over there. Like he's him. he's big, he's scary. Yeah. Um and he could be that way, very belligerent. And um but he had a soft spot for me and my mom. And so I could say things to him that nobody else could say. Gotcha. He would be if he got in a mood, he could be almost cruel mm-hmm. to my grandma. Um and I could call him on that okay. and make him back off. Oh, that's cool. Um,
1: Not cool that so, he
2: was... <laughs> no, and for the most part, he was a really great guy, and yeah. he was a teddy bear. He just would sometimes get in these places where he just... Yeah. That was a safe place to be angry. Um, and it kind of snowballed from there, and he got worse and worse, and it came to a point where... He was going to be on hospice, and um, but he was adamant that he wanted to be home. Mm -hmm. He wanted to be home with his dog. He didn't want to go into one of those places. Mm -hmm. And so my family sat down and started talking about how do we make that happen? What do we do? And to me, the obvious solution was I'm going to move in with him. And I... Yeah. Yeah. I had most of my classes for college were online at that point. Um, he listened to me. Even when he was, um, started having dementia and stuff, he would get confused, but he would mistake me for my mom. So I still had that same kind of leeway of being able to say whatever I needed to. Um, So I thought, this makes sense. Like, I, I can move in with him. And, um... So I did, and I lived with him for six months. Um, you know, and my grandma would come in, and she would sit with him so I could go to church. Or I had, like, one class I still had to go in for, and she would come sit with him for that so I could leave. But other than that, I was there. You were the caretaker. Yeah. Um, and when I signed up for that, my boyfriend at the time, again, a great guy, but he... Was like, you shouldn't do this. Yeah. This is not a good choice. Like, this is going to mess up your life. You're, this is too much. And I was like, what Yeah. do you mean? What other solution is there? Like, this is, no, this is the best thing. I can do this. Yeah. Nobody else can do this. I can do this. You know, my parents have each other. They have their full-time jobs. They have two other kids at home. My grandparents are getting older. Like they can't, this isn't going to work. I'm the one who can do this. Yeah. And that really drove a wedge for me between us. Yeah. Um, because I I didn't understand how he couldn't see that that was okay. Yeah. And he was worried for me and I get that. But so he kept, every time we were together, he would kind of try to change my mind. And I didn't feel like I could have him come over and see me. Yeah, while I was living there because I felt like he would I don't know judge judge my uncle
0: mm-hmm.
2: I call him my uncle even though I wasn't but um
1: and labels don't so, always touch me about backer no.
2: <laughs> so eventually I said you know we need to be done because this shows me our lives don't don't mesh
1: values
2: right and um Ryan was my best friend at the time and I really he came up, so my boyfriend, I didn't feel like I could have him over at all, Ryan came over and he clipped my uncle's toenails mm. and his fingernails, like, because, you know, they got so thick, I couldn't do it. Yeah. But who does that? Yeah. You know, for a grumpy old man that they have no connection with.
1: No, my answer, answer would also be, who moves in with that guy? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, that's
2: okay, well, guy. fair. <laughs>
1: But it's pretty cool that the two of you would be the two people right. who should be together.
2: So I just, I was like, oh, okay, this is the guy who's going to be good. like, oh, you want to do that service project? Yeah, let's do yeah, it. Like, we'll make it happen. That's really cool. Um, yeah.
1: That's really cool. Yeah. Okay. So that led me to one more question. How okay. You talk to your sister into coming down here.
2: <laughs> um, I took her nieces.
1: Okay, that'll do it.
2: <laughs> That's really the big thing, um, is I, I'm i the oldest, so I'm the only one with kids. And I think I have pretty awesome kids. Yeah, they're pretty cool. So, uh, and my dad's been talking, actually, for years about leaving California. Yeah. He just, he needs to finish out his years at work um, before he can leave. So the plan is eventually for the whole clan to be out here
1: Cool, all cool yeah well I'm biased but Tennessee's a pretty cool place to be
2: I like it yeah
1: we got a spring and a fall this year that was pretty (laughs) nice (laughs) we don't always get both but it's been a good year you know and people I mean so I grew up in Nashville and Dixon was like another country like this was the country you know this is where we went to church camp (laughs) Um, and I never would have imagined this is where I would end up But it has been so cool. Um, Don't regret that for a minute and don't want to be anywhere else. Uh, This is just a neat community. Uh, You know, again, the the tornado stuff. um, Everybody comes together on this stuff. You know, there's a guy in Dixon who's homeless and has some mental issues. There's a Facebook group on how to help this guy. Mm. And yeah, it's like most Facebook groups. Some days it turns into a dumpster fire and oh, people right. have their stuff. But <laughs> there's a Facebook group of 3,000 people who live in Dixon looking out for one homeless dude. That's so cool. Like, isn't that insane? Yeah. And you know, there's people who are lining up for, I'll pick him up on Monday, you pick him up on Tuesday, I'll pick him up on Wednesday. You know, That's really cool. Uh, you know, Kinsman, Redeemer, all of these, all of these charities and ministries around here were just like, good people said something needs to be done. Um uh, the help center was basically the ministry fellowship in town. Thirty, forty years ago, it's like, hey, we need to to be a little bit smarter in how we hand out benevolence funds because what's happening is they go to your church and they go to my church and we don't know who's done what and we're we're crossing efforts, right? And so let's let's organize and let's get together. Hey, what if we had a thrift store because we could let that help people? You know, the people in need can just have stuff from it, but we can also sell stuff. For the rest of our supporters who are trying to be budget conscious and the money we make from that will actually help so that the donations you give to the help center, every dollar you give goes to helping people, not just paying insurance and electricity and stuff like that, which is necessary. But yeah, and there's all of these stories, the jail see the Y, um, the care net. Uh, There's just, there's a million of these. And this has been, this is a great place to raise kids. Yeah. Um, I'm really grateful for that.
2: Yeah. Me too. (laughs) Well,
1: this has been fun. Yeah. You didn't throw up?
2: I did not throw up. I didn't faint.
1: You are still vertical. I am. I feel like we should call it a win then. Mm, I'm. Yeah. Okay. Success. Well, this has been a good day. Thank you so much for for (laughs) joining me and thanks for sharing this conversation and letting us get to know you a little bit better and, or sharing a little bit of Ryan's story (laughs) too. So we'll have to give him some grief about uh, his antisocial behavior. (laughs) Uh, I think that's, that's pretty good. Well, friends, uh, thanks for joining us, and I hope that you'll share this with somebody that uh, might might enjoy the listen. Uh, And until next time, I can't wait to hear what God is up to in
0: your story. Thanks for listening to Rough Drafts. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, help us spread the word by leaving a rating and review. Until next time, let's keep looking for how God writes His love into our stories.